live from Halloween Town. This is Hollow. Er, <clears throat> I mean, this is derailed trains of thought. Well, hello, folks. Welcome. We are um, a little scared at the moment. It's a little creepy, frightening here. If I knew all the the words to that song that they're singing in the background, I would maybe try to join in to see if I could blend in. The singing makes it a little less creepy, I think. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, they seem cheery, but they're also a little, maybe a little too joyful in their attire. Yeah, I I don't know. Not the safest place we've ever been. Probably not. But anyway, welcome to Derailed Trains of Thoughts. This is episode 134. My name is Timothy Deal. And I am Nick Hayden. And this is your podcast on all things storytelling. For the creator and the consumer. And we are, uh, again, we're trying to uh, stay incognito. I put a mask on just so no one could see how scared I actually look. Your mask is pretty frightening. Oh, well, thank you. Good. I, I guess. Yeah. How are you doing, Nick? Oh, good. All, the only mask I had of this is like the glass with a little mustache. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are good. Yeah. Uh, which reminds me of a certain podcast. Yes. That's uh, ongoing right now. Let's finally watch this. Uh, you should watch it. It is. Uh, you should watch our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should listen to it. It's a, a podcast for casual movie fans who are always meant to watch classic movies. We go through the decades and talk about important or well-known or at least we think well-known movies throughout the century and talk about their place in history and are they worth watching. And it's been a lot of fun. At least we hope you are enjoying it as much as we are um, or have been <laughs> over the this project has been more of a marathon than I expected. Uh, <laughs> I thought it would be a simple thing, but it's actually assembling all the sound clips from the soundtrack and the movie dialogue clips has been an interesting project that feels more akin to video editing in some ways than some of our normal podcasts do. So it's been fun. But please check it out if you have not listened to it. There'll be a number of episodes out by the time this comes out. That's right. And um, share it with your friends. Uh, give us comments. Say, hey, yeah, that movie, I now want to watch it. Or, no, I will never watch that movie. <laughs> Either way. Either way, it makes us happy. It makes us happy. We're, we're trying to educate ourselves and our audience, uh, even if you never watch the movie. Yes. With that said, I think we're ready to move on to uh, meet the heart, the soul of this podcast. Uh, that's a lot of metaphors, mixed metaphors together, but uh, you get the idea. But that segment is Story School. For Story School today, we have sort of a mishmash of a topic. Yes. Um, soup? Soup of a topic, if you will, I guess. I think Like we- a Frankenstein? <laughs> you could say that, yes. Okay, sorry, I'm done. <laughs> Are you done? Yes. Okay. <laughs> an uh, amalgamation? An amalgamation. <laughs> a chimera? <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> Stop interrupting me. <laughs> It's been a whole, okay, I'm sorry. I don't know what we're going <laughs> It's late. Um, what are we talking about? <laughs> so it, it is around Halloween time of year. And so there's a lot of dark imagery in, in our stories and in our decorations. I mean, I've never really been someone to celebrate Halloween. Don't tell anyone around no, here that. No, 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 no. But 
anyway, it got me thinking about how we depict death, mm-hmm. how we depict dark subject matter, and we've danced around some of uh, these ideas before. Suffering and horror and things like that. We talked about depicting evil. We talked about post-apocalyptic settings and all this, all these kind of things. So some of the, But we thought it'd be interesting to talk about darkness in stories in a more general sense. Mm-hmm. Again, there'll be some overlap of previous ideas. But anyway, the, the genesis of why why bring this up again? Yeah, I was watching a music video, but Lindsey Sterling. She okay, did, yep. She did a re, one of her recent videos that was, I think, for her. It's nominally a Christmas album, um, but this particular one that she recently released kind of has is similar to like Nightmare Before Christmas vibes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, she and her female dancers, they're all like skeletal kind of yep. undead sort of things and they're discovering Christmas stuff and it's kind of this cute like dark cute kind of thing yeah. or gothic cute and it got me thinking about how sometimes we infantilize death it's interesting I had a similar thought just going around Kenville like to me every year there's more and more Halloween decorations and part of me is like why are we decorating with so much death it's very strange there's like there's one house that has like literally like a 10 foot skeleton mm-hmm. that has glowing eyes and like probably 12 other skeletons all kind of doing scenes around him and yeah. i have the, i have this uh double-mindedness about it. on one hand i'm like why are we doing all this other part I'm like that's really creative um <laughs> sure and i see sure. that all about a lot of halloween things that i'm like why are we doing this but simultaneously well i'm glad they're having fun with this as opposed to something that i consider more a holiday consider more sacred i guess mm. like Anyways, so yeah, we have this, this, we play with death. We got the day of death, or day of, day of the dead, we have. And it does seem to be a, a more a thing, those giant skeletons. There's one out in the country on my, on my way to work. It makes me wonder if like it's become the new like inflatable snowman from yeah. like Christmas time kind of stuff. It must be, yeah. Like it's sold in a regular store or something. But yes, other cultures have done this for a long time mm-hmm. and like day of the dead, like you, you mentioned. And I remember going to see a Day of the Dead art exhibit back when Janelle and I were dating yeah. at the Fort Wayne Museum of Art. And it was interesting, all the like creativity and There's thought that goes into cre- it. Halloween in general, and that's different, but the best part of Halloween, I think, is the creativity that goes along with it. It's very, in some ways, a very playful time mm-hmm. with the decorations and the costumes and stuff. But, but it does raise this question of, is this a celebration of death? What does this say about our relationship to death when we're kind of decorating our house with symbols of death? Mm -hmm. And we talked very recently, this is just two episodes ago, in the episode about dark comedy. Yeah. We did acknowledge that it is healthy, in a sense, to laugh at death. Yes. To not let death have a horror over us. Mm -hmm. In that sense, that's a good thing. But there's a difference, I think, between laughing at death and kind of taking away its power over us and dressing and decorating in a sense that is almost celebrating it. An analogy that maybe helped make this distinction a little bit more clear. I'm all for making fun of Nazis. Yeah. Seeing Captain America punch Hitler in the face or Rory from Doctor Who punch yeah. Hitler in the face. Let's kill Hitler. <laughs> it's it's great. That's that's good stuff. That doesn't mean that we, I think it's necessarily a good idea to hang swastikas up and Nazi flags and all this kind of yeah. stuff. It's like, ha, we'll show those Nazis by dre- who's boss by dressing up like them. Yeah. Like, well, wait a minute. No, we wouldn't do that. Yeah. So, so it seems like to me like there may be this like, we're going to flaunt that we're not afraid of death by dressing up as a skeleton or a ghost or all these dead things and treating it as like it's just no big deal. Is that taking the idea too far? So, uh, yeah. So- 
Lots of half-formed ideas, so we'll see what happens here. I wonder if there's some part of us that is, I don't know if this, this word is probably too strong, fascinated with death, mm. with the cult, with witches and Ouija boards and demons. And, you know, there's a fear of that stuff from certain section population. But I wonder, it seems like there's, in some people, and maybe in all people, they're just in different amounts, this sort of like, but what is it? What You know, it's like fascinating with zombies. Yeah. Like on one hand, it's a good story plot. We talk about post-apocalyptic stuff. But like, what is it about the undead, the skeletons, the witches, the evil, the demonic that becomes... I think if we feel like we have control over it or we... Or it's a, it's a safe evil, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah, and I guess I should acknowledge that is one flaw with my analogy comparing Nazis to death. Yeah, you know, Nazis have a very specific philosophy that you can attack and say, no, this is wrong. This is what we. This is not what we agree with. This is clearly evil. Death is a more vague concept. I mean, Christians have our beliefs about what happens after we die, yeah. but for the most part, I mean, unless you're someone who died and was brought back on the operating table or yeah. something like that. Very few of us have actually seen any visions of the afterlife. So it's kind of this vague concept that people can kind of go with whatever they, you know, come up with whatever kind of interpretation they want for yeah. it. And that kind of vagueness, sometimes we want to be able to fill that in. And maybe that is kind of, you said, kind of a way to control it. And uh, yeah, and just throwing ideas out. And also I think... At least at the Halloween for some people with the, all the decorating stuff, I think there is a certain disconnect in the sense that we've a lot of it has lost meaning. Like you don't look at a skeleton and think death; you just think skeleton as a icon of Halloween at this point. Yeah, as opposed to like Day of the Dead, like it was a like okay, it's okay, and I think this happens in stories too. There's two different types of stories. There's stories where when someone dies, it's just we move on. That is just like you shoot the stormtrooper, or like mm-hmm. you know, death is just sort of what happens to NPCs. Sure. And then there's stories where the death has deep, lasting consequences. The the character death. The character death. The Which we've covered that too. Yeah. So I wonder if that's some of this about the darkness, when it's infantilized to a certain extent, is we're treating it as just a plot device, mm. basically, uh-huh. both in real life and in our stories. That is just, it's just become a symbol. It's, we've used it so often, some of these symbols, which is other things that they've become something separated from what they were, their meaning was attached to, to begin with. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I mean, last year, the Muppets had a Halloween special for the yeah. first time on Disney Plus called Muppets Haunted Mansion, Yeah, which is a tie-in with the Haunted Mansion at Disney World and Disneyland. And it was an enjoyable special, but I, I do remember having kind of the same things like, okay, it's kind of weird that they're just talking kind of glibly about all these people who died. Like, if you haven't seen the special, the Muppets are, uh, I think the the story is Gonzo and Pepe won this contest, quote unquote, where they get to spend the night at this haunted mansion. Yeah. And the ghosts that they encounter there take on the form of their Muppet friends, essentially. So it's not the the rest of the Muppets are dead, but like the ghosts are looking just like all the other Muppets. And so it's it's interesting to see these ghostly apparitions of it. But at the same time, you never lose the sight that all these ghosts were actual people mm-hmm. there's this subplot about like the bride which i think is a thing from the original haunted mansion okay. attraction who had like was kind of a black widow essentially mm-hmm. she'd marry husbands yeah. and kill them uh and there's this running joke about like her previous husbands talking about like it's like oh don't do it don't yep. do it you know <laughs> this kind of stuff 
for me, for me it was like this is interesting like there's funny stuff but like I don't know how I feel about like Gonzo coming face to face with his own mortality yeah <laughs> it kind of had for me that disconnect of I mean and it's different for or at least I was experiencing that disconnect of as a Christian I believe death is a very specific thing yeah. death is the consequence of a sinful world yeah, yeah. essentially and it's a big deal that's when Jesus rose from the dead, he conquered death. So to see that kind of disconnect is like, yeah, we all die, but we're not really thinking about that really right now. Yeah. We're just having a fun, silly, cartoonish kind of story. Yeah, we just, we've used the the stories of the Faustian bargain, ghosts coming back, so often that they become easier to just play with. Yeah. Because, you know, because like you read the original Christmas Carol, Marley is... I mean, he has some real serious things to tell to Scrooge, like about mm-hmm. afterlife and, you know, your punishment that might be coming and you have these chains forged on you. But then over time, even Marley in stories tends to get a little sillier. <laughs> True. Uh, in some versions. Mm-hmm. Not all versions. Maybe, you know, some ways we need more different. I mean, nowadays we have so many stories where you can die and come back a lot. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like death is just one more plot thing that we have to retcon when we need to do our story again. Uh-huh. It's a, an ingredient. It's an ingredient, yeah, in our in many of our stories. Now, not all of them. I think then what the, the difference then is we have part of, there's certain stories, and they tend to be the lighter stories or more comedic stories that has just moved into very, they're just simple. They're just playing with I mean, it's like all the far side comics with Satan, you know, down there, just, yeah. you know, uh-huh. and you're not thinking about, oh, it's eternal torment. You're just thinking like, oh, you're making a joke about there's no ice in the fridge sort of, <laughs> you know, thing. Uh-huh. But most of those don't take death as really a real thing. Yeah. It's not, it's not serious. Like, and I wonder if some of this has happened because in modern culture, we are more separated from death a little bit. We've mentioned that at previous as well. Yeah, because we, we we're not face to face with it as much as, I mean, our child mortality rate is not nearly what it used well, to be. When I've heard that, even you know, more people die like in hospitals. Like, uh, you, you have a hospital, people die in the home, mm. like that, you know, and to be an extended family on the same house. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a different culture. Sure. So yeah, I think that might be part of it, and I think it does show up in our stories. I don't know if it's always bad to do that. Yeah, like we talked like we talked about dark comedy last time, but it is. I think something you got to be like, okay, reevaluate sometimes. Yeah. I think it's worth taking a second look at. I mean, I was, (laughs) when I was picking up my soundtrack, I was thinking about, well, am I being kind of hypocritical by like thinking this, we might be going too far with this, but I'm picking a song from like Super Mario World that has booze. Yeah. Like booze in the Mario games don't hardly have any kind of tie-ins to like spirits rising from the dead. They're just like little cute little ghosts. Yeah, yeah, we we round yeah, dots. We've made fantasy creatures out of death. Mm. Sometimes these stories they do have specific tie-ins to death and but other times they they almost seem independent of it. We've taken this idea put it in the guise of something else. Like you said, you don't really ever connect with, oh, all these undead warriors or all these skeletons that I'm fighting in my D&D campaign. These all used to be actual people at some point. They're just just creatures. They're not connected to anything. And is that good? Is that bad? Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, at that point, yeah, I don't, it probably depends on the thing, but part of it's, I think, just culturally, they've been, they've been bereft of all their power, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. They're just symbols, yeah. But then I guess on the other hand, say say you wanted to have a, for instance, then sometimes you can make it worth a lot more. Say, have you read The Monkeys, Paul? 
that famous short story? I have not, although that has gotten way more references on the internet in the last five years than I think before that. Really? Yeah, it's it's been a thing people talk about, like, oh, I finally got this game out that I wanted. Oh, but the catch is that, like, uh, it's $60 instead of, like, okay. $10 or something like that. It's been referenced a lot more, although I don't, okay. I don't know the actual story. But you know, the, you know the idea, though. I know the idea, but you may want to explain it for listeners who don't. So, Monkey's Paw, pretty famous short story. This guy founded in India, and he doesn't like it. It's like he has all this suspense about it. And these guys are like, oh, we'll take it. And he's like, don't use it. Don't take it. But they end up taking it. And, oh, it's a nice present. It's so funny. And he says you could wish on it. He'll give you whatever you want. So they wish for, like, money or something like that. And somehow it happens because, like, their son dies. I don't remember all the details. But basically, every wish has a cost. A cost. Unexpected um, consequence. What, what would we always say back in the olden days of... Uh, <laughs> back in Once Upon a Time? Yeah. Magic always comes with a price. There you go. Thank you. Rumple. Um, <laughs> but the last thing then, they wish... The, the wife gets like, the son dies. Like, I just want my son back and wishes for that. And then it's night. Nothing happens. The night, like, there's a knock on the door. And thing, and there's this, this horror, like, how is he back? Like, hmm. this can't be him, him. Uh-huh. You know, he's been buried for... A couple days or a week or a month. I don't remember. So you never meet him because there's just this suspense. And then like the final wish is like make it go away or something like that. Oh, wow. So it's it's creepy. And that's a, that's a story that then takes death very – it has that horror about it mm-hmm. still. It has that like this is bad. like Something and, unnatural. And some stories play it both ways. Like say Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Yeah. Plays it both ways. On one hand, it's horrible, you know, to be – Dead and Davy Jones, but on the other hand, they're also just goofy skeleton pirates. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, so we have this we have this double mindedness about it, and I think that's just because there's so many different ways we play with it now. But I think there is a lot of power in making these horrific things actually horrible. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that plenty of people have fixated too much on that. You know, just let just revel in this death or this violence or this in the the horror of things, that there is, I think, a place for taking them seriously and, and restoring some of that revulsion. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, we talked in the horror episode about the idea of people enjoying being scared. Yeah. And I do think there is some value in that. Yeah. It's a good reminder for the, when our, you know, our lives become very kind of formulaic i guess you know we we all fall into our doldrums Mm -hmm. and sounds weird to think that we might want a good scare but we want a safe scare we want a scare that we know won't actually hurt us right right like a roller coaster yeah exactly and i i guess i can see how depicting darkness in stories can serve a role in that in that way but yeah i do think there's something about like go too far in in infantile infantilizing of it that you lost something of it. So here's a here's a question. Maybe this will just take us to our last bit here. Is I have not thought through this. I have this idea that like if you're going to take dark things seriously, and we've been talking a lot about death, but you could take you know just dark, dark pa- subject, dark matter. past, dark subject matter, etc. If you take that seriously as a Christian, I think you also if you only do that, you just get a depressing story. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But if you also make good real. Mm. So, like, evil's real, bad things are real, they have actual consequences, but then the re- the good is also real and solid and powerful. Do you think by infantilizing death, we've also infantilized goodness? 
that in those stories, they're both kind of baby versions of themselves. Yeah, yeah, kind of in a lot of ways. I mean, I mean, it's it's interesting in in a movie like say The Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah. which okay, it's really not about death as much as just scary stuff. I mean, it's, it's kind of the decoration almost more than anything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like Jack Skellington, I don't think he's an actual like previously was a body. I think he's just supposed to be a symbol more than anything. Yeah. So that's a whole movie that's about like, it's going to be scared, but the Christmas side of it, the part that Jack is fascinated by mm-hmm. and why he's interested in becoming Santa Claus is the goodness, the, the light and the, the bubbliness. So in that case, I would say, I don't know that it, it, it kind of brings the best of both worlds together. Okay. Well, I can see that. Okay. So there are cases that I do think sometimes these things can go the other way. I'm trying to think of a good example, but I feel like there are cases where we enjoy the this cute gothic kind of stuff. And so that means that who's on the other side? Probably some religious fanatics that want to just ruin our fun. Yeah. There's a game that came out really recently called The Cult of the Lamb. Okay. I've heard of that. That it looks like it's it's these cute, cuddly like lamb creatures, except they have like a death cult cult okay. of some sort. I mean, I've never I've only really seen trailers. I don't know much about the yeah. story, but it's not the first time I've seen people pair like horror themes with cutesy themes. Yeah. I think there's a whole realm of like girl dolls that's like all goth and like skeleton-y, but they're all cute little Barbie-ish sort of things. Yeah, yeah. And it seems to me that those types of things, the darkness is the good thing. Mm. Like mm. I don't know if there is like anyone who's pretending to be like an angel or the you know something that's supposed to be beautiful is actually some sort of hypocrite that just wants to like like bully everyone else. Okay. So I don't know that it's necessarily the case with any of these fun scary stories that it's going to infantilize the good or downgrade the good, but it does happen. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. But I wanted to ask you real quick yeah. since we hadn't gotten to that other article that talked about an author was talking about why he Included oh, yeah. darkness in his children's stories. Mm-hmm. Do you want to kind of go into that a little bit? Oh, yeah. Andy Wilson is the author. And you just had this quote about why he writes dark stuff. And one, one quote that I enjoyed was this. I don't write horror, but I do write stories about terrified, sheltered kids and fatherless kids and kids with the ghosts of abuse in their past. Those kids encounter horrors, witches and swamp monsters, black magical doors, undying villains, mad scientists and giant... She's loving snapping turtles. That sounds like an interesting story. <laughs> um, these kids feel real pain described in real ways. They feel real loss. They learn that the truth's victory comes from standing in the right places and doing the right things against all odds. And then I like this right here. My characters live in worlds that are fundamentally beautiful and magical, just like ours, in worlds that are broken and brutal, just like ours. And I think I like that, that the, he says you need the dark stuff because that's life, but you don't have just the dark stuff. Mm-hmm. That you, you have that, that center. That you know, One thing I really appreciate about Christian theology is that there is a, a real acceptance of pain and suffering. It's not trying to explain it away or say it doesn't matter or it's all an illusion. Yeah. And I think people need stories that have some of the pain or can, can identify some of the pain they have. Not just to wallow in it, not just to say, oh, I feel connected, though I think that's probably helpful. Mm-hmm. But also then to see that it exists in the larger world of something good. Yeah. In a secular version, it's like this. Doctor Who, many times you have all these scary monsters, these scary robots or demons or aliens or whatever, but there's always the doctor that yeah. comes and saves them. That's true. Again, and that's a secular version, uh-huh. but I think that idea, and again, 
just use Lord of the Rings. We use it all the time. I mean, there's real evil. There's real, like, people dying, real corruption. Uh-huh. But it's inside the context of that's not the only power in the world, and that's not even the most powerful thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most of the stories that deal with darkness best both say, yes, it's real, but also say, but that's not the only real thing. Yeah. And I think there's, it's depressing when you watch a story that says, darkness is real, the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we have to strive against it within our puny little power. Yeah. And that's that's an important distinction because a lot of times, especially if it's a children's story, you're probably not going to end it with just, yes, it's all dark. Uh, you're probably going to have some sort of like kids that are going to over try to overcome and like the power of friendship. Well, and even say even Lemony Snicket that kind of try to turn things on head and like there's a lot of horrible things. That, I mean, read the title. Um, <laughs> a series of unfortunate but events. But there's always this idea that of books and there is silence. There are safe places that there's. Mm, that there are things out there that matter and last and are bigger than the constant bad that happens to them. Now, it plays in different ways, but there it does have that counterweight. Yeah, that matters. It's the, not just well, we'll have to just go with it. Yeah, there are good things in this world, Mister Frodo, and they're worth fighting for. Exactly. I mean, that's a very simple aspect, and arguably in the world of Lord of the Rings, there are more than just warm fireplaces and books and and trees. I mean, there's there are actual good forces in Middle mm-hmm. Earth that aren't talked about very specifically, but they are there. Yeah. You know, like Gandalf's quote to Bilbo at the end of The Hobbit. Yeah, you, you don't think this was all just because of you. Yeah. yeah. yeah, Or however it goes. Yeah. I mean, that's something that Christians, I think, can offer this kind of storytelling that the world isn't going to. I totally agree. It's useful to have the stories about overcoming dragons, yeah. about overcoming these dark things that kids will deal with, but... I think Christians can offer something else in that. It's not just, you have to deal with this on your own. Yeah, because that's what we get so often, is that you're good enough, you can make it. You're Again, those are good in themselves, but they're not the greatest thing you can teach them, I think. Yeah, an overabundance, a heavy diet of that kind of stuff can feed into the pressure of having to perform, essentially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and we're saved by grace, not by works. Yeah. So So I I think the best stories... I, I want to say the best. I think some of the most um, dense or, or because again, you can have, I'm not saying like every story needs to take dark stuff super seriously, but I think there's a lot of benefit and a lot of weight to be given to stories that say, hey, real things happen. Death has consequences. Sin has consequences. Bad things happen to good people, but that's not the only thing. Yeah. Or not even the primary thing. Even if, you know, it's Job. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And I think that can manifest that kind of mindset manifests even in it as something as simple as how we decorate our houses mm-hmm. for for holidays now different christians are going to have different perspectives in halloween i didn't grow up observing halloween at all i know some people do and they don't think of it as like a satanic holiday yeah. it's just you dress up in goofy costumes and eat candy that's mm-hmm. all there is to it for a lot of people and i get that but it's always good for us to be intentional about how we do things for our family. Again, I don't have kids yet, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things I see other people and, and I'm like, well, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Is it, are we going to celebrate just fun and creativity in this holiday? Are we not going to avoid it? it those are all different yeah. options, but like, you don't just mindlessly do it because... That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what stories do. That's what holidays are. That's what, yeah, culture yeah. is. 
So anyway, hopefully we've given you a nice spectrum of food for thought there, a buffet of food for thought, if you yes. will. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, we're going more. <sighs> With that, we'll move on into soundtrack. Yeah, like I alluded to earlier, I did pick out a soundtrack from Mario games, specifically the classic Super Mario World. It's been a long time since we've had a song from this game, and this remix is called Ghosts of the Marble Hall, one of the the haunted house background mm-hmm. music with the subcastle. Again, booze in a Mario game, I don't think have any relation to actual dead <laughs> characters as far as I've ever heard. No, I think they're, they just exist. They're just like little white Maybe balls. they're... Goomba ghosts, little white know. puff balls. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Maybe in the Mario movie, they'll they'll, well, maybe they'll explain the deep origins of the Goo Ghost. <laughs> anyway, this remix is by Crimson Zeal. Um, although interestingly enough, this is an old remix from OC Remix. The write-up has gives him a completely different name, Psycho Fright or something like that. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't know this remixer very well, but I hope you enjoy his work.
And we're back. Can't go wrong with them, Super Mario World. No, that is true. Anyway, we are ready to move on to our next segment, Once Upon a Sentence. All right, so Nick, we had one person guess your, correctly guess, the sentence you gave last time, which was... But when dawn broke and day crept in, over each empty, blood-spattered bench, the floor of the mead hall where they had feasted would be slick with slaughter. That sounds dark. Appropriately dark dark for this episode. And Nathan Marchand correctly guessed that that was from... Beowulf. Beowulf. Technically the Seamus Haney translation. Oh, okay. Well, very specific. Well, that might be our oldest Once Upon a Sentence. So far, yeah. So far. Uh, So do you have a new one for us, Nick? I do. I was searching around to try to find the best quote from this book. Um, We'll just go with this and see if anyone gets it. All right, here we go. The very fact of the death of someone close to them aroused in all who heard about it, as always, a feeling of delight that he had died and they hadn't. Aw. So, (laughs) death-oriented ones. One more time. Yep. The very fact of the death of someone close to them aroused in all who heard about it, as always, a feeling of delight that he had died and they hadn't. So, um, hopefully, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. This one's going to be a little more obscure, I think, but Mm -hmm. we'll see. Yeah. It is not The Stranger. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. One of these days, it will be. And if I don't say it, you know. It'll be the giveaway. It'll be the giveaway. I like how you've managed to turn the stranger into a punchline. Oh, yeah. That's um, infantilizing uh, dark matter. <laughs> it makes it sound sound like it's uh, unobtainium or something. <laughs> it's unobtainium. Stran- the stranger is unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this stranger? All right. All right. Here well, we, go. we better keep moving. And so we're going to go into the next segments. A fan favorite, or at yes. least for certain listeners, maybe, uh, but one that we gets done infrequently. I think the last time we did this segment was 10 episodes ago. Wow. But folks, you know what it is? Yes. It is the one, the only, Pun Time. Fun times. Here we go. It's late. We're ready. Yes, hopefully. Maybe. So this is, I guess, our Halloween-themed pun time. We are in Halloween town, so it makes sense. It makes sense. Hopefully we won't be too grave here. No. Uh, hopefully you'll... Um, hopefully we won't frighten away our listeners. Yes. But I think we're all in for a treat. So... Well, as long as you're not going to trick us. Nope. Not at all. I'll knock them dead. <laughs> I don't no bones you, about it. I don't think you've got a ghost of a chance. <laughs> So do you know where skeletons go, who they go to the movie with? I do not. They're ghoul friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's good Laffy Taffy joke right yeah, there. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> it's uh, candy corny. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty sweet. <laughs> you know what they call their ghoul friends? No. Pumpkin. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Not really a pun, just a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Some people say there's not much of a difference. I don't know. Can you stake your life on it? Only if you're a vampire. <laughs> you need the vampire part. I, don't, I was making sure people knew it. It wasn't a meat pun. You monster. <laughs> All right, Nick, come on. We got to come up to bat for this. <laughs> Do you know what what you find orcs doing the night of Halloween? No. Gobbling up their candy. 
Oh, I should have seen that coming. Do you know who you uh, don't want to meet on the beach on Halloween? Who? I should say, do you know who you don't want to eat with on the beach at Halloween? Want a sandwich? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I called run out. You know, right. Um, should we spell that out for the audience? S- spell it out? <laughs> you, mean, you mean like with a broom? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Nick. I think this segment is beginning to drag. I don't think we can dress it up any, lo- any longer. <laughs> How can we make up to the audience? Nice. <laughs> I wouldn't knock it. I do think we should. We need to give a title to whoever, whichever one of us does the best job at punning here. Okay. Yeah, that's what it would be. The great punkin. Oh! oh. <laughs> I don't I think you should squash that idea. Pumpkins is squash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. This is uh, this started out pretty spirited, but I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen Stranger Things. <laughs> I know the other thing that's. Uh, Ghosts tell their ghoul friends. And what's that? You're bootyful. <laughs> you know, they, they say uh, Jacob from Twilight was a pretty good tour guide. Why is that? Because he's a werewolf. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I do hope uh, Dracula didn't get sick this year. Well, what happened to him? I don't know. I, I heard that he was in his castle coffin. Your <laughs> <laughs> castle coffin. <laughs> Get super bonus points. You're working Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. But... <laughs> That's one of those you got like set up with, like a ten minute joke. Yeah, I guess I'm about out of jokes. I might have to go ask my mummy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> or like a rapper, candy rapper. <laughs> well, like the rapper on the mummy. But um, oh, yeah, either way, <laughs> oh, I get it. I hear Swamp Thing mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. problems when he was trying to buy new clothes. Okay. okay. Um, at, uh, the, the cashier at the checkout line was mm-hmm. having a hard time ringing up what he wanted to buy. Okay. Okay. So the, the page for help, the, the person said over the intercom, Moss Fur at two. <laughs> and if we haven't killed our audience, now we have. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, on Let's Finally Watch This, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> episode one, we talked about a movie called Nosferatu. Just yes. FYI. Just in case you don't know A it. proto-vampire movie. You know, we'll just... Yes. Just thought I'd drop that off there, you know. Rats. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you will rise to the occasion and check it out. If you like pun times, tune in next time. <laughs> well, like most... Like zombie stories, it has a plot. Yeah. <laughs> I can say, uh, just like uh, Count Olot, we came in neck and neck. <laughs> Os fur at two. That took me a while. When, when you made the challenge, I had like, how, do I, how can I pull that off? <laughs> well, this will be edited way down. Oh, yeah, it always is. Yeah, it but... always sounds good, like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> All right. Well, I think with that, we come to the end of another pun times. Pun times, everybody. The pun and only. <laughs> Hopefully you... Uh, Which you may find be punishing. <laughs> yes. Hopefully you, you bared with us there. I don't know. Bear's not really a... Halloween? Halloween thing, no. No, I don't... Uh, yeah, I, I was trying to come up with one more, but it's like, nope, I think the brain is dead. <laughs> the brain is dead. <laughs> 
Uh, we'll, we'll try to resurrect it now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll it's alive. We'll move on to our next segment. <laughs> What if? It seems like it's been a little bit since we've done this too, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a few episodes. Okay. We try to vary things up around here. We were talking about possible things we could do given our, our uh, topic this episode for what if. And we came up with the idea of what if a character who dies, who is famous for dying in the, in the story, in yep. the story, what if he could come back and haunt one of the other characters. And only one of the characters. And only one of the characters. Hopefully this isn't infantilizing death too much. This is just kind of a silly what if. Uh, that is infantilizing by definition, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. Uh, but we'll do it anyway. We'll do it anyways. Because <laughs> it, it's... It, it is fun. It's silly. And we're not actually telling a story here. No. We're just being, story time. being goofy nerds. The one we came up with was as a test. As a test for this was Boromir. So for Lord of the Rings, dies at the be- end of uh, spoiler alert at the end of Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, if he was to come back, who would he be haunting? We had some interesting ideas. So I, th- I think he should. Ha- I think haunting Aragorn and Aragorn would be fun. To tell, well, tell him when are you going to become king? When, yeah, when are you going to be king? I mean. In the book, Aragorn has no qualms about becoming king. It'd be really funny to see him, uh, Boromir, pestering the movie version of Aragorn. Oh, I could, could you just see him while he's in the he's in the cave, Aragorn trying to raise the other ghosts, and he's like, "Come on, get get going, come on!" <laughs> <laughs> and all the other ghosts are like, "What is he? What is he doing here?" <laughs> Aragorn's like, "I don't know. He, he was he wasn't part of this prophecy, as far as I know." <laughs> I think that'd be pretty great. All right, so who are some other deceased? So characters? how about Bruce Willis from Six? Se- oh wait, never mind. Um, <laughs> wah, wah. Sorry, I spoiled that for anyone. <laughs> some famous people died, but not too famous. Yeah, I'm trying to not, think of- not, not people already turn into ghosts like Obi Wan. Right, right. That's just boring. We already knew what he what yeah. he does. Which really, I guess Luke is really the only person who ever sees him, as far as we know. Yoda. Oh, that's true. Yoda does interact with him. That's true. Or is that Ghost Yoda? No, no. No, that's regular Yoda. But when okay. Luke is taking off and re- okay. Empire Strikes yeah. Back. Anyway. Okay. Neither um, here nor there. I was trying to think of other famous deaths earlier and I was getting stuck. So that may not be a good sign for this. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Mufasa from the Lion King. <laughs> Mufasa. I mean, he kind of haunts, but I think it'd be great if he haunted just Scar nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Just like he just bugs him every day. It's like, hey, I'm still here. <laughs> you killed me, but I'm still here. No, you're doing that wrong. Nope. Mm-mm. It's like, oh, wow. The the whole land's gone uh, dead, huh? Boy, you're doing a great job ruling, aren't you? <laughs> it's just like, that would make Scar, Scar would go so crazy. I mean, he always goes crazy in in the play version, even more than in the movie. Uh, but that would be, I kind of love that. <laughs> I think that would be completely great. Aerith from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if you want to do that one or not. I mean, I think that's that's a hard thing to not know about. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. So, okay, Aerith in Final Fantasy VII, who would she be haunting? Um, because she's not going to haunt Cloud. No, that's just she would just, she would just be there, oh, you're doing fine or something. But, yeah. like, who would... I guess technically she does interact with him briefly in, like, Advent Children, but that's okay. like a, he's in a, like, coma himself thing. I mean, there's something about, like, haunting the person who murdered you and just causing havoc. I'm, but I could see her just haunting, like, uh... 
I could see her just going to like the Shinra headquarters and just like <laughs> just causing havoc, like just, like just turning things off and buttons and stuff. Like being a spooky ghost just to annoy the president Shinra or yeah, something. Yeah, just like just show up to Rufus every once in a while and try to make him feel like he's going insane. I could see her like <laughs> I'm, I'm going to like single handedly sabotage this entire operation. <laughs> okay, that's kind of fun. Okay, I can deal with that. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, who else we got? I think we need to find some murder mystery where we'll just like the guy murder just shows up and like hangs around. It would really mess up a like a Sherlock Holmes story of like <laughs> like goes like no no I, I can tell you exactly who did it and he'd be just like what really? <laughs> It'd be great if the if, if the ghost was a like a trickster and like just kept feeding Sherlock lines though. <laughs> <laughs> like the entire mystery is trying to figure out if the ghost is telling the truth. <laughs> That's kind of clever. I think, okay, Mr. Writers, go do that. Well, I think that'd be great. But why wouldn't the ghost want to tell the truth just to like... Maybe he's, maybe he's just a pathological liar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like tr- he tries to make his... De- his he tries to make his murder as cool as possible, and actually, the the ghost actually just accidentally ate uh, rat poison. Can, or can you just see this whole this book called The Haunting of Sherlock Holmes? And it's just like, <laughs> okay, that'd be great. Okay, here's an idea. Okay. I don't remember which witch it was. The one that, <laughs> which witch it was, okay. The, the, the witch that gets killed with Dorothy's house at the oh, beginning the, of The uh, Wizard of Oz. Wicked Witch of the... Is it East? East, yeah. Wicked Witch of the East. She, okay. Who's she going to haunt? Huh. I don't know much of her relationship, though it would be great. Um, yeah, I don't know Wicked I feel like she well. just... Is, she's Okay, she's hanging around in Munchkinland for some reason anyways, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think she should just, just haunt the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> she just has a grudge against the Lollipop Guild. You ever seen those guys? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Granted. Okay. I think that's I think I, that's I, what... I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> Done. Okay. Oh, here's an interesting one about Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. Okay. Now this is Theoretically more serious. Yes, Peter Parker's uncle. But who does he haunt? Because, like, do you haunt Spider-Man then? I mean, I guess it depends on... We've been going to these really goofy, like, troll kind of hauntings. (laughs) Like, I guess he could have... Uncle Ben could be an Obi-Wan Kenobi figure for Spider-Man, And could could just constantly be his conscience sort of thing. Uh Uh-huh. And and there'd be a lot of fun quips eventually as they got doing this relationship between, like... Mm -hmm. On the flip side, if you're in, in like, a... uh, a grander picture and like it's not there's more superheroes than just spider-man yeah. kind of universe maybe he's haunting someone like tony stark who needs kind of a who thinks okay this guy needs some like conscience help yeah he's he's, he's in over his head too much he needs someone i, I, I a love grandfatherly kind so of, like tony stark's just constantly hounded by this old <laughs> grandfather trying to be nice to him he's like just leave me alone who are you <laughs> who are you <laughs> he has no relation to him whatsoever <laughs> So you know, you know Peter Parker. Oh, him! <laughs> I love that. I love that. I see. I think. I think every story gets better with some random annoying person following you around. <laughs> I mean, it's basically what what the plot of Soul? The plot of what? Soul? Like just? Oh yeah, yeah. Goes following you around. I'm looking at this website. The idea yeah. is one of these websites. Someone mentions Mister Hooper in Sesame Street. Oh, I must be on the same one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Mr. Hoover was before my time, but in 
Sesame Street fandom, which is a thing. Yes. It is definitely a, a well-remembered thing because he died in 1983. Okay, so like same year I was born. And they actually talked about his death on the show. And it was this very emotional episode about Big Bird learning about death, essentially. So like the idea of him haunting someone is like, uh, that might be going a little too far. So I, I'm looking another thing. So someone mentions uh, Matthew Cuthbert from... Oh, Anne of Green, Green Gables. Gables. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm sure there's somewhere in town he would actually really enjoy haunting. I mean, the first person that comes to mind, since we're going with all these funny ones, yeah. is Rachel Lynn. Okay. Uh, she's the like the gossipy old okay. lady that's Marilla okay. Cuthbert's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he wouldn't even say anything. He'd just sit in the corner and like stare at her. <laughs> so mean. That's so funny. <laughs> just like tap his foot and stare. <laughs> That would be amazing. She would be convinced she was demon-possessed or something. Yep. She would go crazy. Ooh, another one. Charlotte from Charlotte's Web. Oh, goodness. <laughs> a ghost spider? Yeah, why not? That would freak a lot of people out. But she doesn't want to hurt. I mean, I don't know. She. I mean, yeah. she might just hang out with Wilbur, and that'd be the happy. That'd be the happy yeah. haunting, essentially. Um, yeah. Make that story a lot happier. Yeah. Because otherwise, it'd be kind of... In, Charlotte's not a vindictive person out there. No. Or spider. spider. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know who you would haunt, but I mean, another kind of famous death, I guess, is um, is her name Ellie from Up? Oh, the wife? The wife. Huh. I mean, yeah. she would be nice. She'd just hang out with her husband, but that's no fun. So yeah. what do we do? I mean, who who does she care about? We don't Besides really... That, we yeah, don't know anything outside of... Outside of that montage, really. Yeah. I can't think. I mean, we know her family is pretty wild and crazy, so maybe she would haunt someone in her family. That's just like, for fun. She's as rambunctious as she is. <laughs> I can completely see that. Okay, let's pick. Now, this is we're in Disney movies. Let's pick like one of these villains, like oh. like Gaston who dies at the end of you know, or some of these guys who fall. Be they all fall. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's a safe. I mean, do they just seen Disney? Like, say Gaston, does he literally just go and bug Belle the whole time? Or does he go pick like some? bimbo girl from the city and just like like, like show off to her all the time i don't know i that's really interesting thing what in the world would gaston's motivations as uh ghost gaston yeah what, what would it even be because well, he's, he's all about himself the, yeah exactly so basically he would probably like haunt some sort of historian to basically write his <laughs> legend I love that, like some sort of, yeah. The, the legend of Gaston, and he would make him a tragic hero in his story about trying to slay this beast. Okay, that would actually be kind of an interesting, like, uh, epilogue, uh, like Belle trying to disprove this, like, book that comes out. Uh-huh. And probably having to, like, exercise Gaston somehow. <laughs> <laughs> He's trapped inside some sort of, like... He, or tied to some sort of like a giant deer head on a wall or uh, something like maybe that. Maybe yeah. he's trapped in like one of those in, in a mirror or something. Oh, that okay. Or okay. here's a here's a irony. This is going in a really dark horror direction. <laughs> but maybe he he like possesses some of his own his old taxidermy. Like yeah, he, yeah. he becomes the head of a of a deer. Yeah, on the exactly. Wall yeah, yeah. He's the beast now. Oh, <laughs> all right, fan fiction people, go for it. For Halloween, the, 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 the called the life and death of Gaston. <laughs> I like it. I mean, when you're talking about Disney deaths, the first character to come to the mind is Bambi's mom. Yeah, which of course apparently means that you have to find <laughs> solve the murder, solve her murder. Wasn't that what? The, wasn't yeah, that the we one didn't thing? know if she was actually dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. 
Yes. <laughs> or maybe Bambi's mom would just go to Bambi's dad and say, where have you been? <laughs> yeah. You, you don't show up until I'm dead? Come on now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you could, this is off track now, but you could just have a whole collection of dead Disney animals with parents hanging around each other. <laughs> I mean, like Dumbo and... Do his parents die? No, I can say no. Well, we don't know anything about his dad, dad but no, no, his mom doesn't die. That, there's that. Oh no, it's just that sad scene where yeah, she's locked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. She could have died if he didn't learn how to fly with his giant ears. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Okay, I've got one, maybe one or two more of these. Other Disney characters, or or anything. Okay. It could be Disney. I mean, Disney has been pretty fun so far. But true, true. Oh, okay. Um, Star Lord's mom. Okay. She dies of cancer yes. in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Who would she haunt? Hmm. Would she haunt her... Ego? His real dad. Yeah. Or would she haunt like Yondu and tell him to be nicer to her son? I'll probably Yondu. Yondu? Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> she... think it'd be more, more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, so here's the thing. Who does Tony Stark haunt? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have a lot of fun one way or another. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, can't you just see like him haunting Captain America, even though he went back in time and just keeps bugging him the whole time? Uh, that or the general guy from the Hulk. Um, oh, oh, yes. Um, Thaddeus. Thaddeus something. I can't think of his last name. Ross. Oh, okay, yeah. General Ross. That's true. But I don't know. It may just be more fun to have him haunt Pepper. That's true. <laughs> After like, I'm back. <laughs> All right. What are you doing to my company? <laughs> yep. Yep. There you go. <laughs> I think one other kind of style or something we haven't done. Apparently, uh, there's a shot in uh, Beauty and the Beast where if you freeze frame Gaston, he's got skulls in his eyes when he's falling. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Not something you would catch. No one caught him either. <laughs> <laughs> wow. One time. <laughs> uh, John Locke. <laughs> Well, because we haven't been lost. It's depending which version of John Locke you're talking about. He has haunted people. Um, okay, original John Locke mm. haunting. Not we're flock. not talking about. Yeah, not yeah, Man yeah, in Black. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't yeah. count. All right, obviously sideways doesn't count. Um, right, right. right. Everything's really timey wimey here. So who does he come and haunt? I mean, well, here's the thing: when he dies, he's pretty. I mean, you're going to take it serious. Yeah. He's pretty beat up, and he might just haunt Ben, wanting like I don't understand, yeah, for answers. I don't, yeah, yeah, and which is kind of sad. That'd be a real sad. Of course, Ben could get I would annoyed. I wouldn't be surprised. It's something that could actually happen in universe, to be honest, because Ben's still on the island. Dead people appear on the That's island. True. They, he, we, yeah. I mean, I guess they say that a lot of dead people who appear on the island, like. Had unres- or they didn't hadn't moved on somehow. They hadn't moved on, and I guess the sideways is all about them moving on. It's like a mid, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Long, I mean, long we're long. getting to deep into waters of season six of Lost here, folks. But I mean, it, the idea of him appearing on the island as an island ghost is kind of interesting. Yeah, and I, I, I could see him haunting Ben just because they have a lot of history. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he could talk with Hurley. Well, I mean, Hurley could talk with him regardless, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, Hurley. <laughs> Who would be a little unusual for him to haunt? Kate. Because Kate didn't like Locke at all. No. So that'd be very... <laughs> he just goes haunts Boone's ghost. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Can ghosts haunt each other? No, here's something that would really... Like, if he went and haunted Claire, 
Okay. She's trying to recover and he's giving her parenting advice while Kate's, oh. while Kate's trying to give her parenting advice. Oh, well, that, that'd be interesting. <laughs> that would drive Kate nuts. <laughs> there, there's a place on that island where you could have more people haunting than people to haunt. But <laughs> That's true. That's an interesting uh, show to talk that concept about. Yeah. Just because it's so... Because yeah. it is something that is an actual factor on that show. It's, it's a legitimate factor in that show. Yeah. Or even, I mean, we're kind of breaking the rules with this one. Like, yeah. this is like there's a lot of people that'd be really interesting to see Locke visit after death. But even Sawyer would be interesting. I've always been curious what in the world Sawyer would do off island yeah. His, yeah. with the rest of his life. I mean, say Locke couldn't go back to the island. We're, no one's going to understand this episode. Um, <laughs> or this part of what um, if. Who would he haunt if you couldn't go back to the island? If he couldn't go back to yeah, the island? Yeah, he's stuck off island haunting. Walt. Yeah, he would enjoy hanging out with Waltz. Go check out the Weekly Hijack. Yes, folks. go listen to it. Watch if watch it. Yes, watch listen. the watch Lost if you've never seen it before. Seriously, then listen, guys, listen to us talk about it along with. I us. know it's now classic TV is old <laughs> enough, but seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not there's not that many people left off island, so I feel like it would have to be either Kate, Claire, or Sawyer. I mean, yeah. there's also Lapidus, and he doesn't care about him. He doesn't know him much, and he doesn't know. Um, Miles. Miles, no. either, really. So, no. That'd be one of those three. Yeah. Maybe more likely be Sawyer, actually. Yeah, they got along. I mean, they had an interesting. They had an interesting relationship, yeah. but they kind of understood each other yeah. a little bit. Yeah. All right. Anyway, okay. you I ready? That's, that's all I got for now. That's all we got. It, hopefully, there's some entertaining responses there. It's late, yes. guys. Yeah, we, we started this later than we expect, normal. We meant to. We got distracted. So, anyways, it's still dark and scary here at. In Halloween Town, yeah. it, it's true. Um, there's a forest over that way. It looks like that I'm seeing trees with with a lot of interesting like holiday uh, symbols on them. Okay, I'm kind of curious where they lead. Why not? As long as we got some time, let's do some exploring. Yeah, sounds good to me. Meanwhile, folks, remember check out Let's Finally Watch This. It is available on a podcatcher near you, as well as our website, DerailedTrainsOfThoughts.com. You can also email us at DerailedTrains at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and we may notice. Uh, <laughs> That's not very encouraging, Nick. <laughs> no, we, but we would love to have you we, follow we us. Lo- yes, especially on Facebook. We are like we've been at like forty-eight likes for a while, which is not going. I hate saying that out loud because it's pretty small. But I love to love to cross the fifty mark. At there least. we go. <laughs> Dreams. Dreams. I dreamed a dream. We we don't have great aspirations for this podcast, but it would be nice to have some more followers. Yes. We so, just want we just want to uh, educate and hopefully entertain. Yeah, spread the love of storytelling and get people to think about it, maybe from a perspective they never have before. There are a lot of people that talk about storytelling online, so we realize we're not new or unique in some ways. But I think we have our own niche. We have our own niche. We come from a from a Christian perspective, but we hope that our discussions are interesting for even people who aren't Christian. So if you know of someone who you think might fit that category. Please share the love. Sounds good. I guess that means, Nick, it's time for your soundtrack. So I thought um, I would try to do something, some really serious, dark sort of thing. So I got a remix from 3D Ultra Pinball Creep Night. <laughs> wow. Which, what, what was that title again? 3D Ultra Pinball Creep Night. Creep Night. So it's a version. It's a version of 3D Ultra Pinball. Okay. okay. Yes. I know nothing. The remix is called Welcome to Our Castle. This is done in a very Danny Elfman sort of quirky Halloween-y style. It's remixed by Sherna Bogue, I think is how you say it. And it's just it's just kind of fun. Uh, like the write-up says, it's flamboyant and playful and dark. So 
about perfect for this episode. Alrighty then. All right. Until then, uh, this has been Nick. And this is Tim. And we'll meander on out of here. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.